Good morning, friends. I'm so glad you could be with me today as together we get into God's Word. We've been in the midst of a study of the book of Romans and unfolding the Word, and we're now in the second chapter of the book of Romans. I want to pick up our reading today in verse 6 of chapter 2 of the book of Romans. He, meaning God, will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. The end of the first chapter of the book of Romans and now into the second chapter of the book of Romans, God has been communicating to us this overwhelmingly important fact. All people need the gospel. Remember back in Romans 1.16, he was not ashamed of the gospel because it was the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. All people need the gospel. All people are in rebellion against God. The first chapter ended by talking about some of the more uh, dramatic expressions of rebellion against God that transfers and transforms into slavery to sin in both immoral and uh, perverted sexual ways and also in debased thinking manners. The second chapter opened up by turning our attention to the question, well, what about the good person, relatively good person? the relatively good man or woman who does not become a moral degenerate, who does not express in the same dramatic way some of the effects of a debased mind. What about them? Because in the way the world looks at things, they would look at somebody relatively better in terms of their moral choices and say, well, things must be okay for them. God must mark on a curve, doesn't he? And if you're If you're relatively good, there's so many people who are very bad that things ought to be okay for you. But of course, that line of reasoning ignores what God's Word reveals to us about God. And in fact, it ignores that the the very greatest of the commandments, remember that was asked of Jesus, what is the greatest of commandments? It's to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. (laughs) Everybody breaks that breaks it consistently, breaks it in grievous ways. No, all are sinners. And the truth of the matter, as we've discovered, is that one sin is enough to turn us into a sinner. One sin, having turned us into a sinner, is enough to separate us from God. Certainly that was one of the messages in Genesis chapter 3, at the very beginning of human history. One sin was enough to be cast from the garden. James chapter 2 verse 10 put it, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point, they're accountable for all of it. Why? Because before the holy righteous God, we are either a sinner or not a sinner. The issue of how much of a sinner is not the issue. (laughs) We're either a sinner or we're not a sinner. And the fact of the matter is, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, as we'll discover, developed further for us in Romans chapter 3. Everyone needs that gospel that's the power of God unto salvation. The proof of all of this is seen in these verses that I'm reading to you today and in the verses that follow it. The proof of this condition of all people standing both as sinners and in the need of the gospel is underscored by God's criteria for judgment. 
What is it that God holds us accountable for? Notice how he says, he will render to each one according to his works. God promises that he will deal with us on the basis of what we have earned, how we have lived. The old agreement, the old covenant, the Old Testament, as it were, in the scripture is this, that God will give us what we've deserved. That's restated here in verse 6. He will render to each man according to his works. God says the old criteria, the old testament, the old covenant I'll make with you, I'll give you what you deserve, what you've earned. But here's the problem. You and I need to remember that God knows everything about us. The God before whom we will answer. He knows everything about us. He knows all of our deeds. He knows all of our attitudes, all of our intentions. He knows all of our words, and he knows all of our thoughts. And God includes all of that under the issue of works. And he promises to deal with you, and he promises to deal with me on the basis of that cumulative knowledge of our works, our actions, attitudes, thoughts, intentions, and so forth. He says, this is how I'll deal with you. How well have you aligned with my word? How well have you aligned with my righteousness? How well have you obeyed my commands? In Psalm 62, verse 12, we read these words, For you will render to a man according to his work. <clears throat> Later in Proverbs, the same thing we're reading about here in Romans chapter 2. In Proverbs 24, 12, it says, But if you say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does he not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay a man according to his work? Well, there is the criteria, brothers and sisters. God makes it plain, not just here in Romans, not just in Psalms, not just in Proverbs, but from Genesis through Revelation. That's the old covenant, the old agreement. I will deal with you as each of you deserves. Very straightforward criteria. The only real issue is, did you keep the law or did you break the law? Pretty straightforward. Did you keep it? Did you break it? Now, here's the dilemma that we're uncovering in these verses. God's holiness and his righteousness is the standard upon which this determination, did we keep his law or not, is based that is the foundation of it. <laughs> you remember, based on that standard, God's very nature, those attributes that are inseparable from who he is, his holiness, his righteousness, his justice, his love. On the basis of that, one sin was all it took to force Adam and Eve out of the garden. One sin turned them from being righteous into being sinners, 
And as sinners, one sin was all it took to now put them under judgment from God. Practicality. For you and for me, one sin in the area of our actions, our attitudes, our words, our thoughts, our intentions. One sin changes us from righteous and holy into unrighteous, unholy people. One sin makes us a lawbreaker, a sinner in the sight of God. That is the reality. And sin cannot dwell in the presence of God. And by the way, that's what heaven is, the presence of the Lord. Now, when we stand before God, and all of us will, the true judge of our soul will ask only one thing. Who is a lawbreaker and who is a lawkeeper? Who's a lawbreaker? Who's a lawkeeper? <laughs> There's no curve in that question. He doesn't ask, how much of a lawbreaker have you been? How much have you tried not to be a lawbreaker? He simply will ask, are you a lawbreaker or are you a lawkeeper? No curve for human righteousness. Practical point, how you rank against other people is irrelevant when standing before God. It doesn't matter that you are a less of a lawbreaker or more of a lawkeeper than somebody else. The only real question is, are you a lawbreaker or are you a lawkeeper? How do you rank against God's perfect holiness, perfect righteousness? That is the question. That is the basis upon which we will stand before God unless something happens to change that. And therein is the gospel. Because Jesus changed the equation for those who repent and believe. They will no longer stand before God having to answer that question, who's a lawbreaker, who's a lawkeeper. Instead, they will have passed out of that judgment into life where standing before God will be based on the one who was the perfect lawkeeper, the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, much more about this in the days ahead. Join me as we continue to look more at God's standard and the hopelessness of trying to earn our salvation. God bless. Join me tomorrow.